Hey, it's Angel, your friendly neighborhood doula. I am so excited to have you here on the Birth Cafe podcast. Here, we'll talk about all things birth, pregnancy, and postpartum. As a certified doula, lactation counselor, and perinatal educator, I hope to provide you evidence-based information on interesting topics while also having fun and open conversations about the perinatal period. This podcast is for birth professionals and parents alike, and I hope that you enjoy what you hear. So grab your favorite cup of tea or coffee, sit down, get comfy, and let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Birth Cafe podcast. It's your host, Angel Coleman, and I'm so excited to release this episode because I feel like it's something that needs to be said in the birth and breastfeeding community. Um, I feel like no one is talking about it and it, it, it all comes down to like the battle of credentials And I just want to clear the air for some birth professionals out there and for some parents because I have seen and have heard that parents have had questions about, okay, someone told me to make sure that it's a consultant and not a counselor. Like, what's the difference? And I want to just clear the air on what the difference is. I also have a blog on this that I will link in the description as well. So you guys can go check that out. Okay, so it's been a while since my last episode. I'm so sorry, guys, but it has been so crazy in my life. Um, My daughter actually was in the hospital this weekend, and I I wanted to release this episode um, last week, but because my daughter got really, really sick... Um, She had some respiratory distress and she was admitted for the hospital for a few days and we are all just recovering from that experience as a family um, as we kind of work through the transition of bringing her back home and weaning her off the medications and making sure, you know, the kids, the other kids are getting what they need for school and stuff like that. So it has been crazy in my household, but... I am sitting in my car right now recording this episode with some Starbucks and I'm like, you know what, let's just get this episode out. I know I can talk about it. So here we are. Now, for those that don't know, I am a huge breastfeeding advocate. In fact, my whole introduction to birth work started with me being a breastfeeding peer counts peer counselor for WIC. Um, I learned a whole lot about breastfeeding working for WIC, but I also learned a lot about how birth and breastfeeding really are connected and that birth can actually affect the successfulness of a mom's breastfeeding journey. When I found that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, if I really want to help mom succeed with breastfeeding, we have to start from the the beginning. And honestly, we can go to the very, very beginning of like fertility and things like that, um, to education and pregnancy and stuff like that. But birth is definitely important um, when it comes to 
breastfeeding, especially when we talk about the hormonal process um, that happens during birth that actually leads to the hormonal process of breastfeeding. And when those things are interrupted, man, it causes a lot of breastfeeding issues. And again, I will try to make a podcast episode on this in the future about how breastfeeding and birth are so interconnected um, so that you guys can kind of understand a little bit more about why what happens in your birth can make a huge impact on your child um, and some of the goals that you have for your postpartum and for breastfeeding and things like that. Okay, so... (laughs) I love breastfeeding. I love helping moms with breastfeeding. When I work with my clients, that's one of the things that those are those are the type of clients that I really really love working with are the moms that are wanting to breastfeed and want to be successful with breastfeeding. Now, I was a breastfeeding counselor for 2 years working at WIC. However, I had also breastfed my other kids Um, prior to being a breastfeeding counselor. um, I actually was six months in to breastfeeding my third child, my son, Caden, and he was actually a premature baby. So I have a lot of experience with breastfeeding premature babies um, because I had two premature babies that I breastfed. And that's something else that I hope to go into in the future because Breastfeeding premature babies, if anyone has ever had a premature baby who, for anyone who, um, that, you know, was trying to breastfeed, you know that's a huge, huge challenge, um, is getting those babies from bottle to breast, um, or even exclusively breastfeeding, which I was able to do with both of my premature babies. I was able to exclusively breastfeed my, my preemies and things like that. Okay. So kind of going back, um, yeah, so I, you know, I have breastfed all of my kids. Um, We're on number five. She's still breastfeeding here and there. She's two years old. So I do have a lot of personal experience with breastfeeding. And so I decided that, you know, hey, I want to be a lactation consultant because, you know, I love this. I love this field so much and I really want to help moms. My first step into trying to kind of go towards being a lactation consultant was actually becoming a lactation counselor. And you guys, I took my training as a lactation counselor, and so I'm currently a certified lactation counselor now. I took my training, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I don't think I want to pursue being a lactation consultant. I think that this certification is enough. And guys, that is totally, if you, the lactation community is <laughs> very, very different um, than the birth community, but uh, the battle of cred- credentials in the lactation community is very, very real. Um, so, yeah, no, I was like, no, I think this is good. This is a great way for me to still help moms. And then I don't have to go through the stress of pouring more and more and more and more money for, you know, a, you know, those four extra initials. And I already know a lot and I'm qualified to do everything that a lactation consultant can do. 
Now, if you're a lactation consultant and you are hearing this, you're probably like, hold on a second. There's no way that you are trained enough to be on the level of a lactation consultant. Trust me, I hear this. <laughs> I see this in the lactation community all of the time. And I, this is why I'm doing this episode. And if you're a parent here and you're like, what is the difference? I don't know. Like, is who is more qualified to help me with my breastfeeding problems? People kind of hold the IBCLCs, which is the International Board Certified Lactation Consultants. Um, they pretty much hold, and, and the medical community holds them as the gold standard of breastfeeding care. Now, let's go into like kind of the difference. So you may have heard different things like a lactation consult, like lactation counselor or a lactation consultant, and you may have heard this used interchangeably. Okay, but then I have seen some lactation consultants go to parents and tell them like, hey, make sure you're having a qualified lactation consultant help you with your breastfeeding issues and not anyone else. And you may have heard this. I've, I've even heard this from some like certified lactation counselors. Like, I can't really help you with, I can only help you with certain breastfeeding issues like the more advanced stuff has to go to a lactation consultant and things like that. And I'm just like, wow, like, what do you mean by that? Like, what can't you help them with? Now, there are things that, you know, lactation consultants and counselors cannot help a mom with. And I'm going to go into that a little bit later. Um, so this, there is some truth to that. But interestingly enough, actually, a lactation consultant and a lactation counselor, and there's a couple of other different uh, professionals, lactation professionals, um, they actually can help moms with all of the same things. Um, there is like a little bit of a difference when we're talking about people who are breastfeeding educators. Um, that's a little bit different. Um, they don't usually have the scope of practice at a CLC or an IBCLC, um, or a breastfeeding counselor or a certified lactation specialist. Um, may have. So their scope of practice is a little bit different. Okay, so what is a certified lactation counselor? And you're going to hear me call certified lactation counselors CLCs, and you're going to hear me call an international board certified lactation consultant IBCLC. So CLC, they are usually people from the community. Um, they may be a doula, they may be just a woman who has had breastfeeding experience or is very passionate about breastfeeding. They have 52 hours of training. So it is a seven day long training. And so a week long, week long of training um, and an education, you get a manual and then you take a certification exam, which includes competencies, making sure that you understand the information, and you also have to do a, lat, uh, a latch assessment um, as a part of your certification exam, okay? And that exam is given through the Academy of Lactation Policy and Practice. I took this exam, and guys, I'm going to tell you that that was like the most stressful test ever. <laughs> it was... Uh, several hours long, lots of questions. I don't even remember how many questions it was, but it was a lot. That seven-day intensive training was a lot. It was a lot of studying, highlighting, taking notes. It was pretty intense. 
it, it, it was really, really intense. Um, so that is what it takes to qualify as a certified lactation counselor. Um, then to keep up with your certification, you have to, uh, recertify every three years with 18 hours of continued education and lactation education. Okay. So every three years, you have to have a certain amount of CEUs and, and it all has to be in regards to lactation. Okay. Um, and that's quite, that's quite a lot that 18 hours, that's quite a bit of, you know, continued education that you have to go through to keep up to date with the latest, you know, lactation information and training and things like that. Now, an international board certified lactation consultant, also known as the IBCLC, they have to complete 90 hours of breastfeeding education. Now, here's the thing. A lot of the IBCLCs actually take the CLC certification um, and education part of uh, their 90 hours um, because that's 52 hours. So 52 hours of that 90 hours that they need for education is a lot of them take the CLC um, program and certification to get that education. So literally, they learn the exact same information that you know I know, um, and then they have to find the rest of that education elsewhere. So um, through a variety of different organizations, there's a lot of them kind of like the continued education hours that um, I had to do every three years. Any of those kind of education programs that can qualify as like CEUs and lactation education and things like that, they can take that those classes and that can count towards that 90 hours of breastfeeding education. Okay, so they all learn the same information that we do, the exact same if they take the CLC um, to go towards that 90 hours, so 52 of that hours, and then the rest of the education they can find elsewhere um, through other, you know, education programs, lactation education programs, or um, things like that. Okay, um, then they're required to have, so this is where it kind of differs. They are required to have 300 to 1,000 hours of clinical practice. So they have to go under a, um, a, another lactation consultant to get that out, those hours, okay? They also have to have college education um, and health education and have to have passed a certification exam. So they also have to take a certification exam, just like we do. But they also, in addition to that, they want they, it requires that you have the health education. Now, the health education is really just basic. It's anatomy and physiology, biology, um, it's nutrition, um, and things like that. So it's it doesn't have anything to do with breastfeeding. It's just really just like basic information. Okay. Now, previously, IBCLCs had to recertify every 10 years, okay? But as of this year, so any IBCLC that um, has to recertify this year and um, who are coming in new, they have to now recertify every five. So they don't have to recertify as often as we do, um, so only every five years. They do require more continued education hours in that, that, those five years, though, so 75 
Um, and they have to take a self-assessment with 200 working hours. So I'm just to say, like, they have to go through a lot to get their certification. Okay. A, a lot. And CLCs don't have to go through, you know, the basic education. However, a lot of CLCs already have a background in things like, um, in health and education and things like that. So CLCs could be dietitians, doulas, nurses, uh, childbirth educators, moms that are previously breastfed. Um, a lot of these people may already have some of the health education even coming in as a CLC. Um, so it's going to be different for CLCs what their college education background is or if they had any additional education background. Um, again, it's not related to breastfeeding. It really is like just very basic uh, health education. There's one other thing that I want to talk about. One other certification I want to talk about, and that is the lactation counselor through Childbirth International. So the lactation counselor um, through Childbirth International, they have 130 hours of lactation education uh, and 30 hours of lactation support. Okay, And then they also have to complete an exam in order to certify. Now, I am actually going through the lactation counselor program through CBI as well. So um, I am a CLC. I'm going to keep that certification, but I'm also going through um, Childbirth International and gaining their lactation counseling training as well. Now, there are other different certifications. We've got Certified Breastfeeding Counselor, which is CBC. We've got uh, Breastfeeding Counselor, which is a BFC, Lactation Counselor, LC, Certified Breastfeeding Specialist, Certified Lactation Specialist. So we there's a lot of different certifications okay, out there. But we're really going to stick to just the CLC and the IBCLC because those are the most common certifications. So what is the main difference? You guys have you guys have heard me kind of talk about what the main difference is, and it really is the pathway to education. That is the main difference. IBCLCs do get the same education as a CLC, plus a little bit, they require a little bit more. However, we still, you know, certified lactation counselors still have to get the same up-to-date information every three years, that 18 hours that we have to stay up to date, which is going to be the same education that, you know, like IBCLCs are going to use for their continued education as well. <clears throat> so really the main difference is the pathway to the certification, okay, and the pathway to education. Their certification process, the IBCLCs, is definitely more intensive, okay, versus the CLC. However, their scope of practice or what they can do to help moms in the community are exactly the same. And I'm also going to link in the blog article, there's going to be a link to both the CLC and the IBCLC scope of practice um, so that you guys can take a look at that. So if we have any IBCLCs, CLCs um, out there and want to know what the difference is and know that I'm just not pulling stuff out of my butt, <laughs> that is going to be linked in the show notes and in the blog post. So, CLCs and IBCLCs can both support, educate, advocate, and counsel women in breastfeeding, okay? CLCs can be found in a variety of different uh, places. They can be in WIC clinics, baby cafes, private practice, La Leche League leaguers, and some hospitals, okay? 
IBCLCs can all be found in the same same way. Okay, they can be in all of those different uh, roles in different places, um, but typically you're going to find IBCLCs more in a private practice or in a hospital. Okay, if they are in a hospital, they're actually required to also be an RN in order to be an IBCLC in the hospital. Okay. So both of these certifications are, are actually considered health professionals that provide lactation support by the CDC. So the CDC does consider both CLCs and IBCLCs as health professionals that provide lactation support. If that might be surprising to some of you guys, but that is what the CDC says. So, you know, what else? What else can a CLC do, an IBCLC do? Are there any differences in what they can do at all in any kind of way? And the answer really is no. Um, they both are able to assess, evaluate, educate, and counsel moms that are breastfeeding. Um, the biggest difference is going to be the hands-on experience from CLC to CLC. They're going to have a variety of different hands-on experience. So, you know, that's a good question to ask your lactation consultant or counselor is, you know, what's your experience? How long have you been doing this? Now, I came into breastfeeding uh, support through uh, WIC, which is Women, Infant, and Children. Uh, it's a supplemental nutrition program. And part of my job was to do a lot of hands-on experience with moms. So I did have to help moms with latching. I did have to help moms with, um, you know, evaluating them, how well they're pumping and things like that. So I did work under a, a lactation consultant and I did that for two years. So for me, I do have that experience, <clears throat> even though I'm just a certified lactation counselor. Um... Both IBCLCs and CLCs, they may be other health professionals. We've kind of talked about that. Um, they both can assess the breastfeeding diet, so the mother and baby, for potential problems. Like, so if they're having trouble latching, a CLC and an IBCLC can help with latch issues. They can help with adjustment of breastfeeding positions. Um, if the mom is having any pain, they do have to document. They have to counsel the breastfeeding mother. And then they both have to refer to other healthcare professionals if it goes outside their scope, okay? So what is the scope? What can they not do? So an IBCLC cannot, an IBCLC and a CLC cannot prescribe any medication. If... Um, if we're assessing a mom and we believe that a mom might have thrush, we think that could be a possibility. We cannot diagnose, first of all, we cannot diagnose a mom and baby with thrush. Okay, we can tell them that we suspect that there might be a thrush problem and that they should see their healthcare provider. Okay, but we cannot say you have thrush. That's a diagnosis. We cannot say that. An IBCLC and a CLC cannot say that you have a specific specific medical problem for either you or your baby. We can tell you that it's a suspicion or based off of evidence, we think this might be a possibility, but we still have to refer out to an actual health professional, whether that's a nurse practitioner or an MD or a DO, okay? 
Um, also, we cannot prescribe medication. So we're not, you're not going to see us prescribing any medication for like antibiotics or like antifungal medicine. We cannot do that. Okay. We can't give a medical advice. Um, and obviously we can't perform any surgery as well. <clears throat> we also cannot tongue, uh, clip tongue ties at, at all either. Okay. Um, now again, some IVCLCs are like also pediatricians. They're also dietitians. Um, they might even be a dentist. Some IVCLCs might be a dentist or they might be a, um, you know, some kind of therapist and things like that. And so they can probably, within their that scope of a pediatrician or that scope of a dietitian, can diagnose different, um, you know, dietary problems or different, you know, tongue tie issues and things like that. Um, but they can only do that because they have a professional license that gives them the ability to do so. So if they're strictly just an IBCLC or a stri strictly just a CLC, they cannot diagnose for any of those things. We can only tell you, based off the evidence, what our suspicions are and then refer you out to the proper health professional. <clears throat> okay. So that is really the, the things that, you know, neither one can do. Something else that I hear from IBCLCs that is actually not true is, well, a CLC can't help with complicated breastfeeding issues like engorgement. And actually that is not true. We can definitely counsel a mom if she has any engorgement issues and things like that on how to get the engorgement down and things like that. We can identify what engorgement looks like and things like that. If she has mastitis, we can't diagnose it. <laughs> that would, We can't say, and IBCLCs either, they can't diagnose like mastitis. No, we can't. We have to refer out to a healthcare professional for them to diagnose that. Something else that I hear is things like using, um, you know, supplemental feeders, like bottles or uh, an SNS, which is a supplemental nursing uh, system. CLCs can also help with both of those things. So if a mom is having large problems and she needs help with like an SNS feeder or, you know, with paste bottle feeding and things like that, we can help moms with those things. Okay. Again, understand what your CLC's experiences um, with those types of things, but that is within their scope of practice. Um, so, uh, what are other things that IBCLCs and CLCs can help with? They can help with latch problems, milk supply issues, positioning, relactating, engorgement, plug ducts, tongue ties, mass. Well, mastitis, we can help with helping a mom to counsel, like counsel a mom. So things like tongue ties and mastitis, we can counsel a mom to see other um, health care providers and what they can do in the meantime um, while they're waiting to see the health professional. We can help with SNS feedings. Um, we can help with nipple shields, breast pumping, and hand expression. All right. So I don't know if I'm kind of curious as to how you guys are feeling so far about all of this information. Um, another big thing that comes up is insurance. Now, this is kind of tricky, especially with the ever-changing system that is going on with, you know, the insurance companies and doulas and, and lactation consultants and things like that. It's kind of changing. 
Um, but places like, or insurance companies like TRICARE, you actually have to be a a CLC or an IBCLC, um, to accept TRICARE. Okay. So, um, you have to have either one of those certifications to, um, be able to accept insurance for TRICARE. Overall, the insurance companies are super, super tricky. Um, a lot of private practice lactation consultants usually usually cannot charge insurance unless they are also a licensed a state licensed health professional. So, dietitian or an an MD or a pediatrician, um, if they don't also hold that state licensed health professional license, they can't charge insurance. Um, if they work under someone who is also a state licensed health professional, then that's a little bit different. They can usually charge. It's it's very funky on how that happens. And, you know, I don't work in, under anyone that is a state licensed health professional, but I do know a lot of IBCLCs who do. And that's usually kind of how the coding works and things like that. Um, some states have different, you know, uh, laws on billing insurance and lactations and, and things like that. So I can't say this for every state, but for a majority of the time, how health insurance works is that they want you to be under a, a licensed health, a state licensed healthcare professional to bill insurance. That's pretty much across the board for literally anything. <clears throat> so that's kind of how the insurance things work. Um, A lot of private lactation consultants and counselors may accept like payment plans or they can offer super bill and you can get get reimbursed for your lactation um, appointments and services. Uh, I accept like HSA, which is health savings account or a flex spending account. Usually you'll get that under your job. So some lactation consultants accept that or lactation counselors accept that. So um, insurance, that's a really big thing. And it really is the same. Um, Again, insurance policies are always changing. So I don't know at this time and moment, I know TRICARE is allowing lactation consultants and lactation counselors uh, to bill insurance. So that's the only one I know of for sure that is like, you don't have to be a a state licensed health professional at this time. We never know how that's going to turn. But yeah, as long as you have that certification, it's good to go. So if you're a parent listening to this or a mom listening to this, you may just kind of wonder, okay, so they all do the same thing, although the IBCLCs um, pathway to education is definitely way more intensive than a CLC. Um, but which one is best for you? That's all going to depend on what's available to you and, uh, what your preference is. And if you like that person, okay, that's why if you're pregnant and you're listening to this, please, please, please find a lactation consultant or counselor that you like prior to delivery and set up those appointments to see them right after you have your baby. It's really, really important if you want a successful breastfeeding experience that you make those lactation counseling pro uh, appointments 
at the same priority that you would for a pediatrician appointment. <clears throat> so that that's really what it comes down to. Um, some CLCs, you know, a, a more experienced CLC is going to be more knowledgeable than a brand new IBCLC. Okay, so even though that an IBCLC may have more intensive training, if a CLC has been at this for 10 years, they're going to be more experienced than someone who is a brand new IBCLC and it's vice versa. Um, if IBCLC has been doing this for, you know, 10, 15 years, they're probably going to know more than the brand new CLC that just got their training. And that is pretty much across the board with any kind of healthcare professional um, out there. Usually the one that has the most, you know, the longest experience is going to, you know, going to know more than the brand new person, right? Okay. Um, so both, both of these professions, they require that you take a certification exam. They have the same scope of practice. They both have to have continuing education credits to stay up to date on the latest information in regards to breastfeeding and lactation. Um, so it really comes down to how do you, how do you like this person? Do you feel like they're experienced enough? Um, and things like that. Do you vibe with this person? I will say that a lot of times CLCs usually do more home visits. Um, and you'll kind of see IBCLCs do more like, they're like more in the hospital. Um, so I do notice a lot of that difference between the two, um, certifications. I also have noticed, and this is from personal experience, um, that CLCs usually are more holistic minded, um, while IBCLCs are usually a little bit more medical minded, but they also come from, their training is more medical minded than a, a CLC would be. <clears throat> so kind of like midwife versus having an OB OBGYN, right? Um, like, or a home birth midwife versus, you know, having a certified nurse midwife. So there is kind of how they approach breastfeeding problems are going to be a little bit different. Um, just because usually our CLCs are more holistic minded and have a more holistic view of breastfeeding um, versus IBCLC based on the training that they get. Again, still going to vary um, from person to person and from IBCLC to IBC, uh, IBCLC or from CLC to CLC. Now, the really big important thing that I wanted to make this, uh, why I wanted to make this episode is because this battle of credentials is causing a lot of problems in the breastfeeding community because we're downing people's education and certification and it's 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 a disservice to the moms and the babies that really need help um, when there's only like four lactation consultants in the area and there's like five CLCs but the lactation consultants are telling moms that, you know, the CLCs are dangerous and they don't know anything. Um, who, who is, you know, this is a disservice when we have like, you know, 30, 40 moms and only four IBCLCs when the other, you know, moms could see the CLCs and get the same education and support and counseling for their breastfeeding problems. Um, it's, it's really important for, you know, all of these people to work as a team. Like we're all on the same page. We're all wanting to help moms be successful in breastfeeding. We're all educating. We're all supporting. We're trying to make breastfeeding, you know, something that is, 
uh, common in the United States and things like that and worldwide. We all have the same common goal. And I, it's a disservice to the parents who really want to breastfeed their babies if we are downing each other. <laughs> um, when it comes to things like this, it's, it's really, it's kind of silly, right? We all can do the same things. Um, and, you know, but we're saying like, oh, I'm better than you because, you know, <laughs> I went to college. <laughs> like, and, you know, great, college is great. But when the education that you receive is, you know, the same, right? We need to be mindful of that. Okay. Another problem I am seeing with this is um, the medical field kind of also downplays CLCs. Um, a lot of times I'll see organizations like the Baby Cafe say things like, um, oh, you, the only ones that can really run <laughs> a Baby Cafe is an IBCLC. Okay. Why? When a CLC can do the same thing. They can offer the same kind of support and scope of practice. Again, we're doing a disservice. You're going to find a whole lot of CLCs because... One, it's a lot easier to get that certification, right, than being an IBCLC. Um, we have a bunch of CLCs who can provide the support, and we have a limited number of IBCLCs. Why are we Why are we limiting, you know, the our our market and and again and our ability to help these these moms and these babies and these parents? So it's really important that you know if you're listening and you're in a, like a healthcare facility and things like that don't excuse don't don't exempt the other lactation credentials okay they all go through an intensive education process that I'm telling you CLC exam was so stressful we were all so nervous um we had to go through these competencies and we have to stay up to date so don't exempt our other lactation specialties. And this is why I no longer, I, I don't really say like lactation consultant anymore. I say like lactation professionals because we need, we all need each other. We all need each other. Just because we went through a different pathway of education doesn't mean that someone is better than the other. Okay. And I think that's really important for, you know, all of us to realize and know and understand. So that is why I decided not to become an IBCLC. I was, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I have the education. I went through the training. Um, I actually do have some education in like medical terminology and nutrition and things like that. And I have other education in things like perinatal mental health, which also affects breastfeeding. Um, so, you know, it's, we gotta kind of look through and look past, you know, the the letters that are best uh, on our um, on our names, the, the the credentials. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys found it um, educational and informational. If you guys have any questions or comments or anything like that, uh, feel free to send me an email or free, feel free to comment on this on my blog post that'll be in the show notes and things like that or leave a message um and as always I love 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 sharing this information with you guys and I can't wait to bring on some more uh 
some guests. We've got some awesome guests coming up that I'm super excited uh, for you guys to hear. Uh, Dr. Stu Fishbein is going to be coming on the podcast in the next week or so. Um, I'm also going to have a local OBGYN come on the podcast and we're going to talk about uh, VBACs and how to have a VBAC in the hospital. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode again and I shall see you guys next time or hear from you next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. Our journey doesn't need to end here. Don't forget to hit that bell button to get alerts on any new episodes. And if you like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star review. The best time to start preparing for a better birth is during pregnancy. I've curated a checklist to help you prepare for this fear-free, in-control, informed delivery you're looking for. We've included things like when to start planning for your baby shower, when to start buying baby items, and I've even divided everything by trimester. You can get the checklist in the show notes. You can also take my quiz on how to avoid a C-section and get tips on how you can avoid getting an unnecessary C-section. Just head to my website and click the banner.